Shot with Cap and Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. That's why I Good morning and welcome into the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show here on ESPN 1000. And we're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan. I'm Jonathan Hood. Thanks so much for being with us here on this Mad Dog Tuesday. And Cap, on the February 1st edition of ESPN's signature morning debate show, First Take with Stephen A. Smith and Molly Karam. Christopher Mad Dog Russo, the Hall of Famer, is going to be joined during his weekly appearance by his former radio show partner, Mike Francesa. The duo will go head-to-head with Smith in studio for the entire hour from uh, 9 to 11 Central Time. And, of course, Russo and Francesa co-hosted the Mike and the Mad Dog radio show from 89 to 2008 on WFAN in New York. The show became one of the signature sports radio programs in New York and beyond across a 19-year run and left behind a lasting legacy. Dog is one of my all-time favorites. Anytime I could consume content with Mad Dog Christopher Russo on it, I am all in. He is one of the godfathers of our profession. And I think when all of us turn the mic on, we want to do what that guy does. Absolutely. And we welcome him to Cap and Jay Hood to play our fun segment called Shot or No Shot. Dog, how are you, man? Forget with the nonsense. Let's go. Good morning. How's it going? My kind of guy. Let's right, do it. Before we do shot or no shot, uh, Mad Dog, just a few minutes uh, on your former partner. You and Francesa uh, against Stephen A. Smith. Give us a few minutes on that. Your thoughts. Well, I think we're going to have a lot of fun with it. I mean, I think, you know, Stephen A., for whatever the reason, looks up to me and Mike like he wouldn't believe. Mm-hmm. Almost like his mentor, which you wouldn't expect out of Stephen A. Um, so he figured, let's get Mike on there one day. And have some fun with it. This is a good day to do it. You can still do the championship football. You can get a little Super Bowl in. Uh, it's just three of us for the two hours. Uh, so from you know, you're not going to have any. You know, you're just going to hang the three of you. Uh, be interesting to see how the teams work. Is it going to be me and Mike against Stephen A? Is it going to be Stephen A and Mike against me? Is it going to be Stephen A and me against? Mike? Probably be a combination of let Molly be the referee. Mm-hmm. I think there'd be a little bit. Reminiscing of Mike and the Mad Dog, and I think there'd be, you know, debate topics that we would try to come up with. I would think Super Bowl, a little NBA, they both like the Knicks. Um, and I will uh, see how the feeling is in inside the ring and adjust accordingly. You've got to remember, Mike has not been, you know, he hasn't been heard from in a little while. So it be interesting to see uh, how much he's chopping at the bit, and it would be interesting to see. I'm sure he's on top of everything, but his takes are a lot like my takes. Uh, I know he did text me last week. He saw me last Wednesday kill Diggs for getting all over Josh Allen in the snow against Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And so from that, and Stephen A. thought Stephen Diggs did nothing wrong. So th- that gives you a little sample size. But I think, um, you know, looking forward to it. Mike and I did this for 19 years. Stephen A. have only done it for a year. So when push comes to shove, I'm going to support the big guy more than I'm going to support Stephen A. I can care less about Stephen A. Tomorrow's a mic day, so I'll be into the mic thing. Bring it on. Let's go. All right, Shay. That was right. Let's go over to our executive producer, Shay Norlingwood. Shot or no shot, Shay? All right, I'm going to ask about Justin Fields to get started here. The first two seasons are remarkably similar to Jalen Hurts, Super Bowl quarterback and MVP finalist. First two seasons, they have nearly identical passing numbers. To Well, Fields, clear advantage as a runner, more yards, more touchdowns, really more attempts. That's the only spot where there's an advantage. The only big discrepancy, sack rate. So Hurts, of course, we know made the MVP caliber leap in his third 
third season. My question for you three, shot or no shot, Justin Fields will be the best quarterback in the NFC North next season. Dog, give us a couple of minutes on that. Uh, no way. Uh, he is not accurate enough in the pocket. Uh, you know, I didn't see a lot of fourth-quarter drives where he had to throw the ball. Uh, you know, I know that Rodgers might leave, so that opens up that division because obviously you got Cousins and Goff and they're not great. So uh, you can met and Jordan Love if he does go to the Jets, Rodgers. So I understand uh, that there is an opening, but uh, I got to see more. He's a great athlete. He's fun to watch. He's an unbelievable runner. Uh, he's a great competitor. But as far as him in the pocket, when he has to throw the ball, when we know he's going to throw the ball, when the opposing team has to throw the ball, and he's got to, you know, lead his team down the field 80 yards, you know, to kick a game-winning field goal or a touchdown, and he can't run as much, I'm debating whether he can do that. So I would say no shot towards him being the best quarterback in the division. Dog, you're better than that. Kirk Cousins stinks. Eh, keep him off to the side. Jordan Love, our guy is secretary at the Belmont compared to that kid. And if Aaron Rodgers is not in the division... Jared Goff, eh, he's okay. Got better talent around him. We put talent around our guy. You and all your national buddies are going to be going, holy smokes, Chicago's got a pro Bowl, all-pro caliber quarterback. Shot. <laughs> so you're going with shot on yes. that one, okay? I'm going to say shot as well, only because I don't know what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. Is Aaron Rodgers a Jet? Is he going to be with San Francisco? That's the thing. With Kirk Cousins, there's a ceiling on his success. Good in the regular season, but in the playoffs, it disappears. So I'm just going to go shot in that regard. Jared Goff has talent around him. I think that's the thing that holds him up in Detroit more so than anything else. So I'm going to say shot for that. Shay. Shay. All right, let's go for the NFL officiating. A lot of debate yesterday about how terrible it's been in championship weekend. The Devontae Smith catch that wasn't the third and nine reset in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Joseph Osai, the late hit leading the debate. However, the Niners, they probably weren't winning anyway. And the Bengals had the ball twice in eight minutes with a chance to win the ends of those drives. Pick, punt. Shot or no shot? The refs are getting too much blame. Dog? Ah, uh, boy. You know, uh... Uh, I don't. I think they're probably getting too much blame because the right teams won. Um, as you just said, the, you know the, the Niners were probably not going to win the game anyway, and Shanahan could have at least scored the timeout to get a different look at it on the Devontae Smith catch. And although I hated the reset, the call at the out of bounds thing was the proper call. You got to call that. You have to call that in that situation. Um, and, and again, they looked a little disheveled, and Cincinnati got a bad whistle. Don't get me wrong, but here's the bottom line. They had a first and 10 at their own 33-yard line, 56 seconds to go, and two timeouts. Did anybody in America think that Burrow was not going to drive them down the field for at least a game-attempting field goal? Instead, they had a punt, and I understand it was a block in the back, but they had a punt uh, and give Kansas City a chance. So although I don't think the officials were great by any stretch, they did not cause uh, – uh, a difference in the outcome of either game. So I'll say the officials, let's give them a break. I actually agree with Dog. I think it's where there's some calls we look back and go, oh man, that one you got to look at. But these clips all over social media of that look like a hold. Most of the people posted never played offensive line. I never played offensive line. But people who did are saying, yeah, that's actually not really a hold. That stuff goes on on every single play. So were they perfect? No. But 
no shot that they cost the Bengals the game. They did not cost the Bengals the game. I would agree with uh, both of you guys. However, the officiating's got to be better. Here's the thing about technology. We were growing up in the era where there was no technology. It was just the human element, correct? It was about the human element. How is it that it's gotten as bad or worse with technology, that has to be better. If you're going to have the eye in the sky, if you're going to have all this technology, then how can it be worse? It's almost like America or, or this world, right? You have all the information at your fingertips, all the information that you can find, but yet we're dumber. <laughs> how is that, Correct. right? Where you can look at you and I were going through encyclopedias, right, looking for information, and somehow we've gotten dumber. So I just think that with all the technology, the eye in the sky, that that the calls could be better than what we have right now. There shouldn't be this much controversy, but it is. Go ahead, Shay. All right. Uh, I, w- I want to ask about Joe Burrow. We watched him take 51 sacks in 2021 and an additional 19 in that Bengals postseason run of the Super Bowl. The Bengals, in the last offseason, waited until the fourth round of the draft to select an offensive lineman. They also didn't meaningfully invest on the offensive line in free agency. And then Burrow this year, the sixth most sacked quarterback, 10 sacks in the playoffs. Shot or no shot, the Bengals failed their quarterback. Dog. Uh, no, that's a no shot. I mean, they had three linemen hurt. Left tackle wasn't there. Um, again, Burrow did not, you know, he played well the other day, played well on Sunday. He wasn't magical. Mahomes gutted his way through the game and had some magic to him. Burrow did not have a lot of magic to him. Uh, you know, he completes that third and 16 to Hurst for the first down. He threw. Again, that's a tricky spot. The line was great in Buffalo. Three guys out. Uh, you know, they have great receivers. They were an inch away from getting to a second straight Super Bowl. Bengals are taking too much grief about the offensive line. No shot from that standpoint. Yeah, I'm going to co-sign with what Dog said because after asking my friend Lance, who does the Bengals post-game show, if you take out the initial start of the season when Burrow was coming back from an appendicitis, he said the line was rated going late into the season top seven in the National Football League by any metric. Then they lost Alex Kappa. They had a bunch of guys go down. Joe Burrow has said some of these sacks are overrated. I'm trying to make a play. I held the ball a little long. So, no, when you give up T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, oh, and Jamar Chase, and Mixon, and Samaj Piran, they did not fail their quarterback. So I'll say no shot, but a couple of things on what we just talked about there. Joe Burrow says that stats are an overblown stat. I don't agree with that. If you are holding the ball too long, if your offensive line is leaky, yeah, you know what? Sacks do matter. So I, so I don't understand why he said that. They, that actually is a stat cap. I mean, it, it does matter because it tells a story about either the quarterback or the offensive line. The other thing is, too, is that, you know, you know what cost Burrow? The two interceptions and then that play in which he had to lose a down. He was throwing, I, I thought in the vicinity of a receiver and lost it down on that play. So there's some things that Burrow had some self-inflicted wounds in that game. And so I think a lot of that's on Burrow more so than anything else. Offensive line, some, but that's not the whole story, I think, of the Bengals and their loss they had on Sunday. Shay. All right, boys, we talked about this briefly yesterday, but when New York is in the house, you got to bring it up. The Empire State Building had a pre-scheduled event to light the top of the spire with the colors of the AFC and NFC champions. The result, the Empire State Building in New York City displayed Philadelphia Eagles colors. Shot or no shot, this is a disgrace. Uh, 100% disgrace. Well, what a mess. I mean, gee whiz, yeah. 
The Empire State Building is in New York City. It's on Fifth Avenue and 34th Street. Uh, well, we're the ones who live here who pay taxes on the damn thing. Now they're going to claim, quote-unquote, they're an international site? Nonsense. Uh, you're in New York City. And the fact, listen, uh, is it a, you know, if, it's not like the Giants fan cares that much about the Eagles, not like the other way around where the Eagle fan cares about the Giants. But that is absolutely absurd that they, on Sunday night, after they beat the Giants the week before, that they did that stupid lighting thing, green and white. An absolute joke by the Empire State Association. All the politicians are running for cover. That's a mess. So there you have it there. No shot that they don't take some abuse. Yeah, He's exactly right. Can you imagine if we put green up because the Packers were going to the Super Bowl in this town? Lighting the Sears Tower in green because the Packers went to the playoffs. Oh, my goodness. That would be the same thing, Mad Dog. Same thing. That'd Correct. Be, I mean, there'd be a mutiny here for that. Well, there's a lot of people that live here that are from Wisconsin. So what? This is a Bears town. That is a giant and jet town. Whoever did that, they should announce today via press release. Yeah, we have fired the building engineer for doing that. He's gone. How about Out. that? There you go. So, dog, we look forward to you being with uh, Francesa uh, uh, and again against Stephen A. Smith. This should be fun, especially for Mike. You've already been there with uh, with Steve. What about Mike? Is he ready for this? Because you and you and him have debated for 19 years over the years. But what about him and Stephen A.? That's something yeah, new. I, I, that's an interesting question. I mean, I know he's been on top of it. Uh, He's, uh, I think he will be. You know, you know, Mike will respond when that red light goes on. It's not like Mike doesn't know what's going on. You're telling me Mike didn't watch the two games this weekend? I mean, he's got opinions on those games. He's never afraid to share them. He's very confident. Uh, I mean, he might be a little nervous because that's territory he hasn't been on before. Uh, you know, two hours, long time. But I would be pretty damn shocked if Mike doesn't go in there raring to go. And I think that, be, I think Stephen A is the one who's in the tricky spot. Mike and I know how to do these shows. We've done them for, again, five days a week, five hours a day for 19 years. Steven has never worked, has never seen that bondage in a big spot. So I think he might be in for the rude awakening more than, say, Mike will be in for the rude awakening. Tricky spot for him, especially if Mike and I gang up on him. Then it gets ugly for Stephen A. Hey, dog, one, one question. If your phone rang today and money was no object, we want Mike and the Mad Dog to take over for K. You doing it? I can't leave Sirius. I love Sirius too much, Cap. God bless so I, you. I, I would not. Uh, I, 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 Sirius has been too good to me. Uh, that Hall of Fame thing, they bought two tables and flew everybody out there. I've been on there for 15 years. They let me do what I want. I cannot leave Sirius. I wouldn't want to anyway. I would never leave Sirius. I'm 63 years of age. I'm going to go move somewhere else. I've moved two or three spots as it is. This is a radio is the last thing I'll ever give up, and I'll be as serious as long as I'm on the air, radio wise. God bless you. That, that wouldn't stop Francesca from taking it, though. <laughs> Correct? Uh, I don't think Mike would do that to FAN. I think Mike has got his kid who's a tight end at Hamilton next year. He loves Florida and golf. I don't know if Mike wants to get, wants to get back into the grind of daily sports talk. You guys know, uh, you more than me because you got to get up at the crack of dawn. This is grind every day, coming on the air and coming up with something, especially this time of the year. I mean, how much can you talk about Justin Fields running around in a pocket, for crying out loud? This is not that easy. (laughs) We do it every day. Who are you telling? (laughs) Every day you guys are on there. And I got to break down this stupid trivia so I give tickets away to the Super Bowl, having these guys try to tell me who founded the NFL 
and not knowing that it was George Hollis and guessing Curly Lambo. I mean, things like that. <laughs> <laughs> You're the best, dog. Have a great one. All right, guys. Always a pleasure to be on. Keep you posted. You got it. <laughs> it's Christopher Mad Dog Russo. He's going to be with Mike Francesa, his longtime partner at WFAN, as they will team up against Stephen A. Smith. That's tomorrow on First Take. That should be fun. That's going to be great. I can't wait to watch. All right, coming up, we'll go around the National Football League. Captain Jay Hood, weekday mornings at 7. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. Cap and Jay Hood are back on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's Home for Sports. Nick Foles sucks. He sucks. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. I love the Green Bay Packers. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. I want winners. He starts to come and he pulls out. This is a really thickly built guy. I mean... What's the answer you're looking for on these things here? We go around the National Football League on the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show here on ESPN 1000. We hope that you're going to enjoy your Tuesday morning. Hey, the sun's out here in Chicago. The sun? What's that? How about that? I see the glare of the sun off the, I don't know, whatever that, what is that hotel? The Wit. The Wit, yeah. The Wit. It's coming off the glass? Coming off the glare of the, uh of uh, some of the uh, high heel shoes that we see as well. It is cold as... Wow, is it bad out there. Yes. Colder than a mother-in-law's kiss out there. Yes. As we turn now to uh, Shay Norling with Around the NFL. Don't forget, we've got Albert Breer coming up at 835. All right, Shay. All right, let's get started with Los Angeles where there's a new offensive coordinator for the Lightning Bolts. They picked up Kellen Moore. I mean, the body was still warm. He he was fired not a couple hours. That deal from was Dallas. done well before he got fired. They picked him right up as the OC. So the the question I have about the Chargers now: Are we done with excuses for Justin Herbert? Yes, we're done with excuses for Justin Herbert. However, I find it very crafty that the Chargers selected their uh, next head coach with that hire. Uh, that yeah. might be pretty prescient of you because if they were truly all in going, we got to get this thing fixed and win right now, Sean Payton's address would be the Los Angeles Chargers executive offices. If it doesn't work out, Kellen Moore moves over to the head coaching spot. If this team, if the Chargers underachieve, they have their head coach in place. This is Savar to Quinville very quickly there. Watch it very closely. That's an interesting take because, again, you have Sean Payton out there and you've got Justin Herbert. Sure. And then you hear the, the article I read said they told ownership he wants $25 million a year for a minimum of five years. Sure. Go ahead. No, we're out. Yeah, I mean, I do it. A lot of money. Not, that's not my money. You know? I'm, I mean, if I'm the Chargers, I'm trying to get relevant in Los Angeles as much as possible. The team that owns the is in the same facility as us, the same SoFi Stadium already won a Super Bowl. I want to get there, too. Correct. But if it doesn't work out with Sean Payton, Kellen Moore is the next head coach. That's what I believe. Probably pretty prescient. All right. Check. Uh, Brock Purdy, a confirmed torn UCL, and the recommendation apparently is surgery. Cap, correct me if I'm wrong. That surgery is Tommy John. Well, what I read this morning is... His would not be a reconstruction like a pitcher. It is a more of a repair. It's a minimum six-month injury, not 18-month. That's what I read this morning. He's going to go get a second and a third opinion. He's trying to find an opinion 
that will give him a non-surgical rehab program. So what's the question? Like, oh, you're just giving that news? I'm just giving that out as news, but it's oh, going to well. sideline him. I mean, it's going to be a year at least, right? He's not the guy. He's not. He That might just be the end of his story. Healthy, not healthy. That's not the guy. You're trying to win the Super Bowl, for God's sakes. Correct. Even win if it with he's Mr. Irrelevant. by the end of the summer, that's still, he's not the number one guy going in. I mean, it's, no it, it feels harsh to say it. Does that end his career? That Well, it ends his You're spot- third string quarterback. Well, it ends his spotlight. Correct. Not his career, but his spotlight. He, he can talk tell his grandkids about how he was on a heater. And then he got hurt in the biggest game of his life. Like he's hot on a craft stable. <laughs> he pretty much, right. right? He's in the heater. He was on the heater of life, Cap. He, he was. was. He was right there, and then he got hurt. Okay, so you're going to upgrade, and that means the next quarterback for the 49ers doesn't necessarily have to be on that roster. They might have to look outside of that roster and say, Aaron, you interested? Tom, you interested? Right. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, do they look at... Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, do they say, wait a minute, we were a little hasty. Why don't we re-sign you? Because he's a free agent. And I know everyone will say that it's listening like, but what about Trey Lance? What about him? It's the price of poker, man. It's just like, hey, I'm trying to win now. And if he's healthy, they may go back to him. We're going to find out because your window to win is right now. Right. It's the National Football League. Agreed. So that's... I mean, Trey Lance will still be part of the organization, but if you can upgrade that with a veteran you feel like you're close, find that veteran if you can. Shay? Uh, Josh Allen is not going to participate in the Pro Bowl games. We know the Pro Bowl's already kind of been deemed meaningless. The teams, they still exist. Do you know who his replacement is, Hoodie? Who is it? Tyler Huntley. We just announced that this morning. Huh? Sorry? Tyler Huntley is headed to the Pro Bowl. To do what? To do what? Uh, caddy? <laughs> Tyler Huntley's there to do I mean, would I want him on my flag football game? Yes. Tyler Huntley going is like when Mitch went in 2018. Mm-hmm. Oh, how many guys dropped out? Okay. It here. might be worse than Mitch. At least Mitch was like the starter on a playoff team. Tyler Huntley's the backup. But he started he how, many good. how many games did he start? Seven, maybe. I want him on my flag football team, though. He's fast. That's what Cap's talking about, by the way, when he says try to find a reasonable facsimile of Justin. Correct. Like, they have. Yeah. Like, he's not Lamar. Right. I'm not. Please don't misunderstand. But if Lamar goes down, they don't change the playbook. They run the same exact system. Here, you'd have to go to Trevor Simeon, Nathan, Peter. None of them look like Justin. Right. That's I like what Baltimore did there. Shay. All right, we talk a lot about Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers as the quarterbacks on the move. There's one we haven't talked about a lot, and some news broke yesterday that stunned people. The Raiders have not allowed Derek Carr to search a trade yet. Well, okay, the the relationship is over between the Raiders and Carr, so what's going on here? I guess they're evaluating what would it cost to go up in the draft, whether that is to one, to two, to four, wherever they're going to grab their quarterback. Or what's it going to cost? Is Tom Brady on the list? Is Aaron Rodgers available? So before they do that, they do. Once you let him start negotiating a trade, then you can't really put the milk back in the bottle after it's spilled out. But here's the problem, Kaplan. They're on a clock. February 15th, $40.4 million in future compensation becomes fully guaranteed for Derek Carr. Mm. 
you got to move him. Get him out of there. I would think. I think that Tom Brady to the Raiders works. You know why? Because that's where old Vegas acts go to die. Wow. <laughs> I, I'll be shocked if he goes. I guess what? it could happen. He's not winning in Vegas next year. I agree. If he's going to pick one more run, I would think it's Miami, San Francisco, somewhere where he goes, all right, if I play my best, we can win the Super Bowl. You know the Josh McDaniels relationship there with Tom. Does that still work? Unless he just wants to play. I mean, I think that when you fly into McCarran, as you always do, when you go to Vegas and you fly in, you know, you used to see the billboard of Danny Gans. Yes. Where hands on his hips. Uh, you know you're in Vegas when you see Danny Gans, right? You put Tom Brady up there now. Tom Brady with his hands on his hips, looking up like the new face of Vegas, Tom Brady. I'm here. That's what, that's what it is, right? That's what I look at. I mean, their relationship is there with the head coach. I just think that uh, with Derek Carr, you got to move on. We, I think we, you and I cited a possibility of him maybe going to Washington, something like that, right? Correct. Indy. Indy, yeah. There's going to be a point where one of these teams that the Bears are hoping to trade with is going to go, you're asking for too much. We'll just sign Derek Carr or whoever it is, Jimmy Garoppolo. That is our look around the National Football League right here on Chicago's Home for Sports. We're going to hear from our guy, Albert Breer. More football, more Bears. That's coming your way. That's coming up next on Chicago's Home for Sports. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Cap and Jay Hood are back on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Hello. Football on ESPN 1000. Hello, Bert. Albert Breer. Hey, Bert. Senior NFL writer for SI.com joins Cap and Jay Hood. Bert's it. What? You're it, Bert. On ESPN 1000. What do you mean I'm it? We see, that's the game. I just tag you, and you're it until you tag somebody else. Albert Breer. No, no, I'm not playing a game. I'm reading, Ernie, and I'm not it. Okay. On Chicago's Home for Sports. But Bert is it. We're here from Albert Breer in just a moment. I'd like to let you know that the NFL salary cap is set at $224.8 million, and the Bears will have the most space in the league. 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy has a torn at UCL, is expected to need surgery, and we're going to carry Northwestern basketball as the Cats. The Cats are down 15! Timeout, red face McCaffrey! As uh, Northwestern will take on Iowa tonight, 745 pregame with the great Dave Ennett right here on Chicago's Home for Sports ESPN 1000. Love Dave Ennett. We will turn now to Albert Breer as we talk to him every single Tuesday at 8.35 from SI.com and MoneyMorningQuarterback.com. Albert joins Cap and Jay Hood. Good morning, Albert. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, how are you feeling? I'm good. Why? What's up? Well, just checking on you. Just uh, just doing a wellness check. Oh, uh, yeah. My uh, my voice is a little hoarse right now. It's uh, that time of year. But, uh, but, yeah, I'm doing okay. So let's talk about what we watched over the weekend. I went to Kansas City, had never been to an AFC or NFC title game, and had never been to Arrowhead. An incredible yeah. environment. There yeah. are a lot of people saying the officials are screwing the Bengals. I didn't think so. Did they miss some calls? Yeah, that happens in every game. Did you feel like the officiating was that horrific that it cost the Bengals the game? Well, I don't know if it cost them the game. Like, I think the Chiefs earned the, game, earned the win. Um I thought the officiating was pretty bad. <laughs> um, cap. I, I honestly, I've never seen anything like that. Stoppage, non-stoppage. Uh, you know, I think they lost control of the game to some degree. 
Um, you know, and I and I don't know that it's all their fault. You know, I, I, I honestly, I feel this way, and I felt this way for a long time. The guys out there are so big, so fast. If you've stood on the sideline of an NFL game and you've seen what it looks like and what a blur it is to see it from field level, you know it's hard to make t- heads or tails of anything that's going on in the field. So, you know, I, I, like, I, I just I think it's like way past time that they – give those guys some help and that we institute a sky, sky judge and you have somebody up top and, you know, people in New York too helping these guys. And they've started to subtly do that. I think they, they, they need to go full-blown aggressive with it and um, use the technology that we have, you know, because I, I don't know, to me like the most asinine part of the whole thing is me, you, anybody else sitting on their couch at home has the benefit of seeing everything in crystal clear, high-definition, a dozen different angles, right, and instantly. Why aren't we giving that full benefit to the guys who are running the game on the field? It doesn't make any sense. So, um, yeah, I don't think the officiating was very good um, in the game, but I, I do think there's, I do think it's understandable why the officiating has slipped over the years. I think there's something that we could definitely do to help the officials uh, get a better handle on what's happening out there. Albert, we always knew that the uh, Chicago Bears would have the most salary cap space, so we see where the Bears are with that, and of course the number one pick in the draft. So if you're Ryan Poles and you have holes all over this roster, what are you addressing first with that all that salary cap space? I, I think I'm, I'm trying to find a way to fix the offensive line first, Sonny. Um, you know, and, and I think you definitely want to help um, help Justin with weapons. Um, I I just think it's it's easier to find receivers than it is to find offensive linemen, and in particular tackles. And so, like, I think what I'm trying to do first, I'm trying to find a way to get the best five guys in front of Justin Fields that I possibly can. And it's it's not easy, but it's, I mean, you look at what Kansas City and Cincinnati did the last couple of years, and they're in the AFC title game, um, and just completely blowing up and starting over on the offensive line and you know, for the, the Chiefs, it was going and getting Joe Tooney and Orlando Brown and drafting Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith for the Bengals last year. You know, it was it was signing Ted Karras and Alex Kappa and Lyle Collins. Um, I, I think I, I my, my first order of business is making sure that I'm taking better care of my of my young quarterback and making sure he's not taking the damage that he took last year. You know, and then what, with what I have left over, draft pick, cap space, all of that. That's where I start to address the skill players around him. But the line has to come first. So I completely agree with you and Hoodie that I would fix the offensive line, but that would be number two on my list. Albert, I've got to be able to stop the run so I can get the football back for Justin Fields. So I am addressing like a three technique, whether that's Jalen Carter in the draft or Deron Payne, somebody. No, I, I agree with you there. Like, I, th- I think you know, I, I think that it's important to do that, right? Like, but I think, I, like, I, I think, I think everything but getting an answer on your young quarterback, and that's assuming, and I think they will decide to go forward with Justin Fields and try to trade the number one pick or use it on a defensive player. Um, yeah, I think everything has to be. I, I think what you don't want is I, I think you don't want to be going. Into or coming, I don't think you want to be coming out of year three, which uh, Justin Fields, without answers on who he is. And um, you know, to me, like the, the way the Dolphins handled the last offseason is a really interesting thing for you guys to look at. Um, they came out of the Dolphins did came out of 2021 with no idea on whether or not Tool could be the long term guy, right? 
So, you know, what they did, they went and they signed Toronto Armstead, play left tackle for them. They traded for Tyree Kill. They went and hired Mike McDaniel. And they put all his infrastructure around to a, and if he hadn't gotten hurt, they were trending towards having a much clearer picture of who he could be as a quarterback so they could make you know a more informed decision on him after year three, which is when you have to make a big decision on the quarterback with picking up the fifth-year option or not. And so I, I think that's sort of the spot the Bears are in organizationally. And I'm not talking about wins and losses now. I'm saying organizationally it's really, really important that they come out of 2023 with a better idea of who Justin Fields can be as a quarterback so they can make that decision with the most information possible. Albert, when you have your off-the-record conversations around the league to front offices, it's funny because Cap and I were talking about the franchises we admire the most in the NFL. I said Roseman and the Eagles because of their sustainability. Cap likes Kansas City for what they've been able to do with Andy Reid. It's been fantastic. He was fired, what, 10 years ago with the Eagles, right? So, But look what he's yeah. done with Kansas City. So what do most insiders tell you as far as the franchise? They say, boy, if we can get our team like that, we could be in good shape. Um, you know, I, I think, look, I, I think the one, so, you know, I struggle a little bit with it because they're the ones that have to get the quarterback right. And then a lot of things fall into place, you mm-hmm. know? And I, and I think, you know, the chiefs, it's like, the thing with the chiefs is like, how much of it is Andy Reed? You know what I mean? And I think they have a lot of things going the right direction, but like, it's like with the new England with Belichick for all those years, how much of it's Andy Reed and how much of it's, how much of it's Andy Reed and Patrick Mahomes? And how much of it's everyone else in the organization, you know? Then I think you look at, you know, like a, a San Francisco. In San Francisco, like they have Kyle Shanahan as the coach, but then look at their roster. I mean, it's not just that he's coaching well. It's that they have, you know, their, their, their roster is loaded with stars all over the place, you know, and they're very forward-thinking. And I see the Eagles the same way. Like, they've been able to win with different coaches and different quarterbacks, you know? So, you know, I... I think if you can get a special coach or a special quarterback, you do it, no question. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's really hard to replicate that. What you can replicate is having an organization that's sort of firing on all cylinders. I think Buffalo's sort of that way, too. You know, where it's just you have a lot of things that are pulling in the right direction, and, come, and, 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 and it's because, not just because of one special person or another special person, but a really good group of people. And so I think that, that those are the organizations, again, I think that's why you see teams plucking from Philly, teams plucking from San Francisco, teams plucking from Buffalo now, because the, the feeling is that those organizations aren't just about one or two people. It's about the way that the entire operation works with a lot of good people working together. This is a tough question, and people and I have been battling about this. I think the Bears are farther away from turning this around than others. Others think, boy, I have a great draft, spend a bunch of money in free agency. Justin plays better with people around him, and that team can win nine football games next year. I don't see it that way. I think Ryan Poles is going to be judicious with his money. He knows he's going to have to pay Justin down the road, and I don't think he's given up big-time draft capital to go get 31-year-old DeAndre Hopkins or whoever that is. What do you think's realistic for the Chicago Bears to do in 2023 and be sustainable? I'm not talking about a bunch of 35-year-olds get a pop-up. I would say I would say that a team uh, I think like Detroit could be a good model, mm-hmm. right? Like what Detroit was this year, and Detroit almost made the playoffs, but I think, you know, 
I, I, I'm with you. Like, I don't think that they're going to be, you know, in like the divisional round next year. What I do think they could be is a team that struggles out of the gate, still has a lot of things it needs to develop early in the year, and then you get to December and you're coming out of the year and you're like, oh man, they're coming. You know, like I think that's the team you can be. And like you look at Detroit's roster and what they were able to do, um, you know, in the, the, the first couple off seasons with Dan Campbell there, I, like the offensive line and defensive lines were fortified, right? Like, so they got really good up front on both sides of the ball. Um, and they're able to sort of develop an identity. And they still have work to do there, but you know exactly who they are. And you have an idea of where they're going, you know? And so I think, like, right there in your division, like, if I were a Bears fan, looking at what Detroit did last year would be, like, a realistic goal for, for, for what I think would be a really positive 2023. Albert, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks for coming on with us again. All right, thanks, guys. Have a great day. It is Albert Breer with us from SI.com, a Monday morning quarterback uh, with us here on Cap and J. Hood. Always great insight from that guy. That guy's so dialed yeah, in. I mean, he's the guy that picks up the phone and gets any executive or coach he wants on a phone call. I like that power. I like that. Awesome. Here's a question. Mm-hmm. Is it cold enough outside to freeze hell? Wow. <laughs> we will address that coming up next on Cap and J. Hood.